Check. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back at you again. Seemed like a cool minute since uh, I've been here, probably a couple weeks. Uh, you didn't notice that because we dropped an episode anyway um, that was kind of archived in the file. But um, whew, it's been a crazy two weeks, but I'm glad to be um, back at this again. So uh, today's going to be a little bit different. You're going to join me in my personal um, Bible study that I had last night. And it's uh, Isaiah 28, 16, Isaiah 28, 16. We're going to be discussing what does it mean as men to have a good foundation? Now, this is kind of a second parter. I touched a lot on um, it beforehand. Uh, most likely, um, you can listen to that episode before this one. Uh, but we're going to dive in just a little bit deeper. Um, Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believes shall not make haste. Verse 17, Judgment also will lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet. And hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding places. Man, I hope to bring something very powerful to you. Um, it was very powerful in my heart and in my mind when I studied it and when I received it uh, last night. So I hope it conveys with the same uh, conviction and the same power that, uh, that I received it. Um, there's a lot of times when you... You know, read the Bible, it's, it might be kind of just blah. But then there are moments where almost truth bombs and nuggets and and uh, just powerful realities are deposited within you um, to give you some sort of something to live by. And I believe this happens by the Spirit of God just making a deposit within us. But a lot of times we're not listening or we're breezing through scriptures and we're not asking ourselves, what does that mean? And then, of course, truth is rarely on the top. <laughs> you got to dig a little bit for it. You know, you read those scriptures and you could just pass right by them. But uh, we are going to go in a lot deeper and really extract um, something powerful and something meaningful. So a foundation. This is something that is established. When you look up the word foundation, you'll you'll see it in. The, if you don't have a Greek uh, concordance, I recommend getting one. Uh, I use the Strong's uh, Greek and Hebrew concordance. Um, it's very powerful to me, along with uh, Webster, uh, because you know Webster was really in tune with uh, Christianity and the meaning of words. And uh, when you when you put the Strong's dictionary in the Webster, you get a full total definition of what might be taking place. So 
They gave four words to describe what this foundation is, an established, ordained, is, and, and is set, and it is to settle. So these are the words that they gave for this foundation. The first is established, and that is to introduce or cause to grow and multiply. When I think of something established, we immediately think of a, a concrete, right? Something that's, that's hard, something that's strong. And since we're talking about a foundation today, that's what I'm talking about building your life upon. And Jesus gave clear indication of what happens to a life that's built on the sand. And if you go in to listen to the last episode, you will hear exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, I'll give you just a brief synopsis here that, um, you know, I was once working in the desert of Palm Springs and we literally built on the sand. It wasn't a joke. And we had house shifts and moves and, you know, big old stucco cracks that you can stick like three or four quarters in and just huge shifting and moving uh, due to building the houses on the sand. So this is a reality and it's a reality for men that we have to ask ourselves, what are we building our lives upon? And is that foundation solid? Is it sure? Is it established? And it's not hard to see men who are building on the sand. Now, Jesus gives a clear indication that when the storms come, they fall. That's it. And so we see men falling all the time, right? Left and right. Even those who, uh, books that I read when I was a kid, I read, I read some of their books and, and they were so inspirational, but you look at them, you find them now and they're not present. They have shifted their views. They decided with, to go with humanism, right? And their lives weren't built on the rock. And of course, in sobriety, this is so important because what we're trying to do is maintain sobriety. We're trying to uh, begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and begin to have a positive, powerful life and change our track record. If you're an addict, you have a bad track record. You have all this damage. If you look in your rearview mirror, for example, uh, uh, you know, in the in the mind, thinking about this, you look in the rearview mirror and all you're going to see is bodies, right? From all the people that you have damaged and hit along the way. So we got a track record problem. And we need to have the foundation to change it. Something that's solid, something that's firm, something that is established. And what we don't need to go build it upon is our old ideas and thoughts, because those are the things that got us to trouble to begin with, right? So we need new ideas, new paradigms, new mindsets, a new way of living, so we can begin to walk this thing out. The other word they give for the foundation is to ordain, and that is to, to establish something uh, by authoritative act. And one of the greatest foundations Jesus said was this, as to listen and heed. 
The difference between the rock and the sand was the people that heard, listened, and walked it out. Jesus says some powerful things so many times. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Uh, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? He that does the will of God is my brother, my mother, and my sister. And so he said powerful things that connected to the heart of the matter, and that is listening to what has been established, what has been said, and picking it up and following through with that. You know, there's so many things that are, um, that are set in stone. And that is we don't need to um, challenge these things. We don't need to buck against the system. There are certain things that are just set in stone. They are. Now, our disbelief of them doesn't change the reality of them. And we got to understand that there are certain core fundamentals, the foundation, that is set in stone. And that is if you want a strong, powerful life, it is going to be by and through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And accepting everything that that entails for your life is one of the key ingredients for you to be able to stand in recovery and as a man. Moving on. So the scripture goes on to say that this uh, things about this foundation and one of them is tried. Tried. There's three words that they give. It is um, tried, precious, and um, the third one is sure. Tried, precious, and sure. Tried means it, it's been put to the test and found reliable. If you listened to the last episode, I briefly mentioned the, the PSI concrete for foundations and construction when they're building a home. They have to test it to verify that, um, that it is the PSI that is claimed to be. So they do test on 15, 30-day, and 60-day process to see the pressure in which it took to break it. And that's how they get the PSI of the concrete. What is crazy about our foundation is that it never broke. Now, it was put to the test repeatedly through trials and temptations to the point of blood coming out of Jesus' pores. Now, some think that he, he, uh, he was crying like it was great drops of blood, but it's a great mistranslation that he from the agony and from the pain that blood came out of his pores. And so I don't say all that to any form of guilt trip. I say that to say that this foundation that we have is a solid rock. It has put to do the test repeatedly and found reliable. And here's what we have today. And here's how it's applicable that the God that we serve was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet he didn't cave, yet he didn't fail, yet he didn't falter. Now, if you read the Bible for any length of time, it goes to great lengths to make sure that it exposes the frailty of all the humans involved. 
It doesn't matter who it is. You go to Abraham, and you will see his frailty. You go to Jacob, you go to Joseph, you go on down, and you will see the frailty of men. Noah, immediately after our getting drunk and, and stuff like that. And uh, I believe um, some bad things happened with him. Like It doesn't matter what you see. You see the imperfections of humanity. But you see one man, the God-man, Christ Jesus, who never caved and never bowed down. It's uh, so interesting, as I read lately, that this it was the Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. And it was to show us the reality of being empowered by the Spirit of God. And that we, too, can have access to that same power. You see, if, if the Spirit didn't lead Jesus to the, into the wilderness to be tempted, we would have never seen how strong... Or how sure the foundation really was. Because he was put to the test in that situation and in many others, Jesus was, was laid with a temptation more than just one time, right? Uh, the people wanted him to stay uh, in their village, and he had a mission to do, and he, and he left. He was probably tempted to stay. Um, there's different other scenarios that came up that, uh, that challenged the thought process, uh, trying to make Jesus king, right? Well, you stay here, we'll go and make you king, and you'll be king of this, uh, of this world, right? And he didn't succumb to any of those things and resist temptation to the point of shedding his own blood. So I say all that to say this. We can come to him in our weakness, in our infirmity, knowing that he knows. You see, there's a lot of ideas about God that he is distant and he is far away and that he is untouchable. And, and even the Bible says that he is light and he dwells in an unapproachable light and all of those things. But in Jesus, we see humanity. We see someone who can care for our infirmities. We see somebody who can sympathize with our weaknesses because he has been through the same. Now, I wish the Bible would have went into massive detail to the different temptations that Jesus faced throughout his life. Um, we'll probably know, you know, in the hereafter. But it's even more extensive than what was shown. But it was shown to us for us to know that uh, he had a, a humanity side and that he is reliable. So we can turn to him. The next one is, too, that he was precious. So he was tried. He was put through the test. He was investigated. He was found reliable. And the next one is precious. And that is the extreme value of this foundation. You see, this, <laughs> this foundation causes men to change. Building our lives on the foundation of Jesus Christ causes men to do the extraordinary. Now, you can look back into the lives of multiple people who were marred, who had shortcomings, who failed in so many ways, but they were still empowered by God to leave an effect on this world. Some of them even have holidays. 
because of the power of God that was operating in their life, despite their mistakes and their frailties. I don't, I don't know if we can begin to fathom how precious God is or how valuable he might be. I don't think we can begin to fathom the, the galaxies that he has created. Like as we go along and as we get older, see in my generation, there were nine little planets and it was like vast and we had this little galaxy and, um, and it kind of revolved around earth and, and, um, everything like that. And each generation grows and grows and grows. We see the vastness. I don't even know how many galaxies there are that are similar to ours at this moment. This vastness and this awesomeness of God, I don't think we can begin to fathom how, how vast and how awesome and how precious it really is. That goes a step farther that that, um, that power, that presence, that person has decided to take a residency inside of our hearts. And we'll talk about this in more detail, but what does that mean? What kind of life can I now live if I have direct access to the power that created the world and the galaxies? What kind of power that I might have to create an awesome marriage at my disposal? What kind of power do I have to create an awesome ministry, an awesome podcast, you know, all these things? since I got the power that created the universe inside of me. You see, we as men, we are, we are living below our, our potential. And we are failing to rise up. And we're doing this for a couple different reasons. The first one might, just might be ignorance. We, we do not know that we have access to that kind of power. We don't know we have access to it. The next one is we don't feel worthy. We might know how powerful God is, but there is a disconnect between feeling worthy and walking that out. We're too filled with shame to access that power. And another thing is, is that we just don't simply utilize it. We might know what we have. We might not be, you know, filled with shame and all of those things. And, and we might know it's there. But we don't know the capacity. I don't think we understand the capacity of God. He can reach through this video and smack you with truth right now that could change your life forever. One of the greatest truths that changed my life is that, that the, the spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells inside of me. Hmm? And that same spirit will give life to my body. <sighs> what kind of man should we be if we have access to that power? You see, I see men all the time who are struggling and they're struggling with the man sins. You know, they're, they're struggling with uh, pornography, uh, with masturbation with thoughts of cheating, um, all of these things that, um, that are very small in nature compared to who God is. 
And here's the reality of the matter is that if we yield to the Spirit, we will walk in the Spirit and we'll be empowered by the Spirit. But we're yielding to the flesh. And somewhere within our heart, we find great pleasure in those things. And we want those things more than we want the Spirit of God operating in our lives. You know, it all starts with a simple choice, whatever it is, and that's taking responsibility. This is my choice. This is my life. I'm going to be the kind of person that triumphs over addictions. I'm going to be the kind of person that doesn't succumb to pornography and and um, and everything that goes along with that. You know, I am going to be the kind of person that is faithful to my wife. Man, there's so many men out there who are just complaining about their wives. And the main problem comes to this is that we have not listened or yield to the Spirit of God. You see, the Spirit of God says, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And we're asking our wives to continually give themselves for us and our dreams and our visions. Trust me. If you were in tune to what your wife needs and her love languages and, and everything that is going on with her, and you decided to serve her like Christ served the church, you got no problems. You got no problemos. No problems. We're, sat, we're sitting around like selfish men, you know, and empty because we're sitting around waiting for the other person to begin to make deposits inside of us. When we need to rise up and listen to the Spirit of God that says, you go and you go make the deposits and you go be the man. And all of a sudden, guess what? She's going to start admiring you. You see, when men rise up and be the man, the, the women in our lives can't help but find admiration. But man, if we lose the respect of a woman, hoo, 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 we are in some serious trouble. And if we fail to step up and lead, they'll take that spot. And you will be walked on because there's no respect. Anyways, moving on. I'll say a sure foundation. <coughs> a sure foundation is this, and it's one of the most powerful words um, that I can think of, and that is certainty. A sure foundation is certainty. Man, if we could just get some certainty in our life. You know, the the men that are walking in the Spirit and have the power of God, they have one powerful thing. Besides, you know, yielding to the Spirit of God that's inside, they have a sense of certainty. And we want all these other things, right? We want a powerful business. We want a powerful marriage. We want a powerful body. Not understanding that it comes through listening to the Spirit of God and developing a sense of certainty. You walk into a job uh, interview with certainty. You walk in with a uh, contract, a sales agreement with certainty. You walk into a uh, sexual encounter with your wife with certainty. Um, you go into business deals, you go into just everything with a sense of certainty. 
you step up to the pulpit or this microphone or whatever your ministry is in your life and you come with certainty, I'm telling you, you're going to come with power. Because here's what I'm certain of. The things that I'm talking to you about right now are powerful things that will begin to transform and to change your life if you grab hold of them with the same certainty that I have. Let's move on. So the scripture goes on to say those three things, and it says those that believe in him will not make haste. And this is a powerful reality about not making haste is not running away. Those who put their trust in this foundation will not run away. And we got a lot of men running away. We got a lot of men running away from their families. We got a lot of men run running away from their recoveries. Running away from God. The first sign and symptom of sin is running and hiding. We'll talk about this in more detail. But in, in the overall scheme of thing, it's just giving up. We don't understand that this life is a process, that it takes time. That we need to yield to the Spirit of God in the very small things of life. Like making deposits into your wife. Like having a power hour of meditation and prayer. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And we forsake all these little things, right? And we think we're going to have a big dynamic life. Not understanding that the idea of foundation is fundamentals. There's a lot of powerful quotes out there from Michael Jordan, from Larry Bird, from everybody in basketball that have been thoroughly educated in the fundamentals. And they all tell you this one thing. Master the fundamentals and you master the game. And so it is with this foundation, the foundation that you're going to build your life upon. If you master the fundamentals, you will begin to get the spirit field, the powerful life, the recovery that you want. But it takes being established in the fundamentals. So he that believes in him will not make haste. That means uh, another uh, possibility of what it can mean is it won't quickly respond. And this is one of the things as men we should have grown out of, right? This quick uh, triggered hair response that uh, when our brains have fully developed, you know, past 25, we're supposed to be able to create this, um, this pausing think before you act mechanism that doesn't get us to do stupid stuff. We have a lot of men today doing stupid stuff, uh, saying things before they thoroughly thought, thought them through and experiencing the harsh consequences of those things. You see, part of this foundation and being sure and being steadfast and being strong is having the ability to think before you act. You see, if we're not on this foundation, we're going to be disturbed a lot. 
That's what they what they call it in, in construction. You know, if a house moves off uh, uh, the foundation and begins to slide, it begins to be agitated and disturbed. We have a lot of men that are disturbed in this day and age, and they're extremely agitated. They're frustrated. They're they're moved off of their foundation because they haven't really thoroughly established themselves in the fundamentals. Moving on. This next verse is so powerful. It uh, hit me like a ton of bricks, but it says judgment will lay the line. And I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons why is because I was in construction for so long and these construction terms are, are really exciting for me and uh, I, I, I get them. And so judgment, that is the divine law. That is what he's talking about. If you look it up in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, he's talking about judgment is divine law. Divine law will be the tape measure. Or to take it a step further, divine law will be the rule of thumb. And once we got that foundation down, we, begin, we can begin to move forward. And it's in its simplicity. God speaks. God speaks all the time. God speaks through people. God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through so many different things. Uh, I was driving home, and I seen something on a casino sign, and it said um, something about you're going, uh, something about leveling up or rising to a new level or something like that. And I said, "Thanks God, I receive it." That was a casino sign, and it had nothing to do with going to the casino, but I seen the message. And I received it. And God does this all the time, and he does it to me all the time. Another one that happened recently, I shared uh, probably uh, recently, we live in an area with a lot of snow. and The road lines are blurred, and the parking spots are blurred, and nobody knows anyway, so everybody just parks you know, pretty much however they want. And these lines just go in this crazy curved fashion, and they do that because of this little small voice that said to me, that's what happens when people don't have boundary lines. They get crossed. They go crooked. They drive in the other lane. And this is all a spiritual reality. So I say all that just to say the foundation is God speaks. Are we listening? Are we listening to what God is saying? And are we willing to perform and implement that? If you get anything from this 30, 40 minutes, you should get that. And understand that you can't build your life on anything else. God speaks. I listen. And I begin to yield. And guess what I get? I get greater results. Not only greater, but extraordinary results. Not only that, but even faster results than someone else who's not listening to the Spirit of God. We have access to this all-knowing power, and he has no problem relaying communication in that manner. He's done it repeatedly in the Bible, and he could do it for you in your life. He told people about floods coming. He told people about droughts coming. He told people all kinds of things. So his people could be in preparation so that his people could be the ones who are supplying the need because they are listening. 
while everybody else is concerned about their own selfish matters, he can deposit some of his all-knowing information inside of you. And he has done this recently uh, with myself in creating a business and begin to fund the purpose and the mission that God has placed inside of my soul. He's beginning to deposit little information that I know I'm on the right track and doing the right thing. It's powerful, powerful stuff. So um, judgment will be the rule of thumb. Righteousness. This is a right standing with God. It is virtuous. It's prosperity. It's uprightness. The most important thing you can know about righteousness is that it is your connection and uprightness with God. And it says that it will be the plumb line. When we begin to understand that that divine law and taking it to mean the voice of the Spirit of God that's alive on the inside of us will be the rule of thumb. And that my upright relationship with him will be the plumb line. And so as we're building this great life, we can't forget these two ingredients. If we're going to not go by divine law, not go by the, the voice of the Spirit, we're going to go by the voice of the world. And we're going to go by to the voice of all the teachers that are out there and think that we're going to get God kind of results. It's just not going to happen because divine law or the voice is the rule of thumb. You see, there's a difference between the voice of the God and the letter of the law. You see, the letter of the law, you look at it and you read it and it says this, that, and the other thing and that you must do everything perfectly to become righteous or, or have peace with God. Um, which is all a farce and it's all religion. Um, but God says, I will put my spirit within you and I'll cause you to keep my commandments. It's something far different. It is the voice and the spirit of God depositing on the inside of you so that you begin to listen. And when you begin to listen, you begin to get empowered. And this is the foundation of the Christian life. And if you don't have this, then you don't have nothing. I'll say it again. You could go to seminary, you can have be at the best church, you can learn all these nice new self-help ideas, but if you don't have this basic foundational principle of divine law, the voice of the Spirit of God, and listening, you don't have nothing. You have religiosity. You have a dead, dry religion. And you don't have an intimate encounter and experience with God in a daily fashion. You have experience with words knowledge, but as we know, knowledge puffs up. And Paul went so far to say, you know, my, my speaking is not in the wisdom of men. Um, you should rest and rely in the power of God. And what we have today is what? A religion that's devoid of any power. That's because it lacks the intimacy of the communication of hearing the voice of God and responding. God will tell me the simplest thing sometimes. Like I'll just stop and think and he'll be like, no. And I'll say, no. And it's not right or, or wrong in any way or fashion. The Spirit of God says it's not for me. And that's what needs to take place as far as this foundation is, is concerned. Okay, so righteousness, upstand, uh, right standing with God will be the plumb line. And then he goes into some powerful reality that hailstones, I love this verse, hailstones shall sweep away the lies. 
one of the greatest things that that we suffer with as men <coughs> is lying. We are by nature's liars. Well, you might be over there like Mr. Goody Two Shoes. No, no, I don't lie. The first thing to come out of Adam was lying and deception and blame shifting and failing to take responsibility. And it's no different from us as men. You see, the foundation is part of sweeping away the falsehood, the liar, the deceitfulness that's inside of us. Walking in the truth is a powerful, powerful reality. It probably won't get you much friends, but it is a powerful, powerful reality. And the hailstones will sweep away the lies. And this is part of the foundation that starts to build in our lives. We begin to understand that we have a sure foundation, that he has been put to the test and that he is reliable and that he is precious and his worth cannot be compared. We begin to understand that that foundation, that life, that person lives on the inside of us, empowering us, speaking to us. And we go from there to understand that that same power is to sweep away all the falsehoods that are going on inside of our lives. And lastly, he says, it will destroy the hiding places. What do men do when they lie? They hide. Men who lie are men who hide. And we're hiding all these things, right? All these secret things. And we seek protection to escape responsibility. We seek protection so people don't know. And what it all comes down to is it, it's just a disguise. And the foundation of God is meant to destroy the lies and to destroy the disguise that we have put on as men. You see, when someone puts on a disguise, they're, they're, they're furnishing a false appearance. They're, um, they're obscuring uh, the reality or the existence of their true state and their true character and everything that's going on with them. And Jesus called it whitewashed tombs, and that is that they look nice and pretty on the outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. And we struggle with the same thing as men, is that we give lip service to Christianity, to faith, and we go home and kick the dog and beat our wife. And we're into all this pornography and, and this addiction and, and all of these things. The foundation of God destroys all of these things. Because if you can understand that you are inhabited by the Spirit of God, that you have access to your, His power, and that you it is your personal responsibility to utilize that power, and if you fail to, then that's on you. The only reason you're not free is because you do not choose to be. The only reason why you, you haven't taken off the shackles is because you don't know that you possess the key. And you're not walking away because you're forgetting that you got legs. You're not turning on the light switch because you failed to, or the light bulb because you failed to understand that there's a switch. 
You're sitting there complaining about how dark your life is and how the darkness is surrounding you. Yet you fail to get up and turn on the switch and take your authority to begin to change. You see, these are powerful realities for men. Another thing about these hiding place, about these secrets is covert action. And anybody who's been, uh, you know, in the military and, and stuff like that, know what, what that is. But that's what we're doing a lot of times. You know, we have a lot of actions, a lot of part of us that are, that are secret and kept concealed. Not understanding that the foundation of God is what is going to make you strong and powerful against those things. When I see weak men... I see men who lack the required ingredients. What I mean by that is this, is that there are certain ingredients in your life that are going to make it powerful. And when you take food, for example, let's just talk about salsa, that if you want the salsa hotter, you're going to have to put more jalapenos. And if I were to taste the salsa and it would be bland, it would be mediocre, it would be medium, I would say that this lacks the required ingredients and that it needs more jalapenos. And that's the same thing that takes place in our lives when I see weak men given into temptation and pornography and masturbation and, and treating their, their wives like crap and, and failing to spend time with their kids. I see weak men who lack the required ingredients. And so I challenge you to follow along in this podcast, in these episodes, to begin to get the requiring ingredients that are going to give you the spirit-filled life and the recovery that you want to live. So that you're just not drug-free, that you are spiritual-free and empowered by the Spirit of the living God.